Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. This is your host, Amadi Braxton, and I'm very pleased to be joined now by Drew Miller, a paralegal in the Homeowner and Consumer Rights Unit at Community Legal Services, who has taken up work in this. This unit has taken up work on this very issue that I spoke about before the break. Uh, again, the, the Crumbling City series by Samantha Malamed has detailed the myriad problems with overdevelopment in the city, the impact on adjacent pre, you know, existing homes. Um, and we're really pleased that Community Legal Services is trying to address this issue. So welcome to the show, Drew. Thank you, Amadi. It's good to be here. Thank you. So, um, one of the things that struck me in reading the Inquirer articles is, and in talking with Samantha, was that um, a couple in a couple of the articles, people were quoted as saying it's the Wild West in Philadelphia when it comes to development. Um, talk about your um, the unit that you work in at CLS and this particular new project that CLS has taken up to address this issue of damage to adjacent homes and and the fact that homeowners should have rights in the in the situation of adjacent development happening. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, so for I guess for a little bit of background, uh, you know, Community Legal Services, CLS, uh, is is a nonprofit legal aid office uh, that provides free uh, legal representation to low income Philadelphians. Uh, and we've we've served about 13,000 clients in 2023, just for a, a bit of a gauge. And we represent clients with a variety of legal matters, um, including homeownership issues, uh, the tangled titles and wills, mortgage and property tax foreclosures, consumer issues, debt collection, uh, and 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 now the this row home protection uh, that's kind of new uh, to our work. Um, the the, the way we came to that issue um, is since about the summer of 2019, CLS started experiencing a significant increase in clients that were seeking assistance because of construction in their tight neighborhoods was damaging their homes. And there was a lot of variety. Uh, you know, foundations were undermined in some cases, party walls were damaged, uh, partially collapsed even, and left exposed to water intrusion. You know, there's cases where contractors trespassed on on the next door property without permission and in the process damaged roofs, porches and backyards. Uh, next door homes shifted so windows and doors no longer opened properly. Uh, brick facades tumbled off homes. Uh, in some of the worst cases, uh, damage from adjacent construction resulted in evacuation and condemnation of the next door home for safety reasons. You know, wow. there's even we haven't seen these in our cases, but there's even even been collapses in the city. Right. Uh, so, I mean, the, the the row home and twin structures in Philadelphia uh, seem to require a consideration for what's on the side of the, the party wall that that isn't being accommodated in our in kind of the current landscape. And just explain the party, explain what a party wall is and a little bit more about just about the row homes structure and why they're so vulnerable to damage. Yeah. So the, the party wall, you know, in, in Philadelphia, a lot of us are familiar with row homes, you know, a, a block of homes all built together that have a, a party wall, which is a two brick wide uh, wall that's between two separate homes. 
Uh, and, and so structurally, both homes are relying on that same wall. Um, in, in row homes, you know, you think of the party wall that way. There's also twin structures, which can just be two homes, not a full row, uh, that are, that are combined in the same way and have a party wall down the middle that's shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, prior to, you know, a, a, a recent law that passed that went into effect last year in January, 2023, neighboring homeowners were largely left out of the process until something went wrong when construction and demolition were taking place next door to them. Uh, interestingly, kind of a bit of a caveat, like in a, in the same time frame as CLS was starting to see all of these, these inquiries come in. Uh, I was actually, I actually became a victim of damage to my home caused oh, really? by adjacent construction in, in 2019, uh, and learned about many of the challenges adjacent neighbors deal with during the demolition and construction process, uh, as it, as it was back in 2019. Um, and even though talking about my personal situation isn't my priority today, I do think it's important that your listeners understand uh, both that I have knowledge of kind of logistics of these situations, but also kind of the trauma involved in dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I learned a lot of the foundation of what I know on these issues in 2019 and 2020, while there was an actual hole in my house. Um, mm. and, and these are the experiences that kind of led me to, to joining CLS as a paralegal in 2022. And kind of since then, uh, the managing attorney Michael Froelich and I have have been working on you know the variety of cases that we're seeing on these issues and learning more about them and and we're really excited uh, that the city uh, has decided to fund uh, a, a, a new lawyer at CLS uh, for this work um, mm. you know and that that hiring process is is happening right now uh, that that job is posted on our website right now at clsphila.org. And yeah, we're excited to be able to take more of these types of cases once this lawyer is hired. Well, you know, it's always, I mean, I'm sorry that you had to go through this yourself because it sounds very traumatic, but it's always good to know that the people on the other side of the phone line when you're calling for help on an issue like this actually have had the experience themselves and kind of know from firsthand experience what what you're going through if 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 you're calling for help. Um, so talk about, you alluded to this law that was passed and went into effect January 1st, 2023, that protects homeowners or I guess it was designed, I don't, you, you can tell us exactly what it was designed to do, but it's, it's a, it's related to this issue about homeowners and damage, you know, damage to their property because of adjacent construction. What was the law exactly designed to do? So, okay, prior, prior to this law existing, uh, the, the, the building code and the laws that were already in place are required, only required adjacent neighbors next to a demolition or construction site to have 10 days notice, um, before, before work would begin next door to their house. Um, and in, in our experience with the cases we've, we've seen, 10 days is not long enough to, prepare for something like that, both, both in terms of, you know, a regular person that is not in the construction or real estate business, all of a sudden needing to learn what, not only what they're about to go through, but what their rights are in the process. 
and and how to navigate all of those things and work with the construction team around you know this shared party wall that supports both both if, if it's a demolition it supports both structures and they're removing one of them uh and if it's just just a construction project you know considerations for how that party wall is being treated in the process mm-hmm. um and and you know at that time there was no real checkpoint to even ensure that the 10 days notice would happen so sometimes neighbors didn't even get that um and, and at that stage, a, a construction project has already made plans and solidified schedules. So bringing a new stakeholder in this neighbor to the process at this late stage was kind of a recipe for conflict. Um, you know, the construction project is ready to move forward and the neighbors just learning about the project, you know, with no time to address, address their needs and concerned about the safety of their home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many Philadelphians want their neighborhoods to continue to improve over time, but they don't want to be harmed in the process. Mm-hmm. So, so in response to this, Council Member Mark Squilla uh, built a broad coalition uh, that, including support from the building industry and various community stakeholders, uh, to pass this bill twenty two uh essentially writing best known practices into law. Uh, you know, the law applies to all permit applications starting in January 2023 and essentially is built off of folks, folks that were already doing things in a way that would accommodate the adjacent neighbor and bring them into the process. But there was nothing, there was nothing in writing. There was nothing in law. There was nothing enforceable that required these things to happen. Uh, so since going into effect last January, uh, this bill requires uh, that builders conduct a, what's called a pre-construction survey of adjacent property uh, that, that may be impacted by construction or demolition and document the existing conditions of the adjacent properties before any work has begun. It also ensures timely notification of, a, of adjacent neighbors so that they're given the opportunity to know their rights before the construction begins and have the ability to, you know, raise concerns if, if they aren't visibly addressed in, in the materials that they're provided. Um, and this, this early communication really enables both builders and adjacent neighbors to plan appropriately uh, before immediate needs arise. Um, you know, and this notice it includes it includes a, a decent bit of things. It includes, a, you know, a, a description of the work that's going to be completed, an estimated schedule and the duration of the work. I mentioned earlier what's called a pre-construction survey. And essentially what that is, is that identifies all the parts of the adjacent property that may be impacted by the construction or demolition, mm-hmm. including including the party wall that we just discussed, uh, the property roof and other structural elements. Um, and even if, even if the construction will be higher than the adjacent property, it also identifies things that are on the roof, such as chimneys, skylights, medical equipment, uh, pardon me, mechanical equipment, um, and other elements on the roof of the adjacent building so they can be protected properly. Um, and this documentation includes photographs of, of the existing property, as well as assigned verification by the person performing the survey, survey, typically an engineer, uh, that specifies how the adjacent property will be monitored throughout the construction process. Um, you know, the, the rest of the notice materials also include things like the details of that monitoring process, 
um, the protection that will be proposed. I, you know, I mentioned earlier the chimneys and skylights and things of that nature that could be on the roof. But if, if the demolition or construction is, is above four feet above the, the, the neighbor's roof line, there's, there's substantial protection that, that is required. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. one of those steps that can be, can be often overlooked. Uh, if it's not detailed in, in something like, like this notice that, that's now required. Um, it also, it also provides an explanation of what, what the project expects to need access to the adjacent neighbor's property for. Because with, with these tight row home communities, it's very common for a construction site to need access to the neighboring properties. Um, it, it also, it also will include any details identifying uh, alterization alterations pardon me uh, that that may need be required to the adjacent building for for the construction to happen in other words um, you know there's often instances where there's a chimney that's very close to a, a, a proposed construction building and if the building is going above that chimney that chimney may need to be extended to meet code and in the past, sometimes that would be overlooked. And all of a sudden, a couple of years down the road, the neighbor would be given a violation for their chimney not meeting code when really the construction project next door was the situation that caused it to, to not meet code. Hmm. Um, I want to pause you there just because please. we're up on our first break. Oh, yeah, um, great. And on the other side of the break, we'll continue. Um, mm-hmm. I have questions about how is this being, how is this new law being enforced mm-hmm. and, and, and followed? You know, uh, because I think oversight is, you know, you can pass a law, but like, how is it enforced and what's the oversight? Um, That is that's where the rubber meets the road. So we'll get into that um, on the other side of the break. You're listening to Solutions on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media. This is Amadi Braxton. I'm speaking with Drew Miller, paralegal in the Homeownership and Consumer Rights Unit at Community Legal Services. We'll be right back. You're listening to Solutions exclusively on Word Radio, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Welcome back to Solutions on WURD, Progressive Black Talk Media on air at 900 AM, 96.1 FM and online at wordradio.com. This is your host, Amadi Braxton, back with Drew Miller, paralegal in the Homeownership and Consumer Rights Unit at Community Legal Services. And we're talking about the Row Home Protection Project, which is a new uh, initiative at uh, Community Legal Services that is really trying to address the issue of protecting row homes who are at risk of damage from adjacent construction. Um, and I wanted to follow up on what we were talking about before the break uh, related to, you were talking about the law that went into effect last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in many of the articles that uh I've referenced many times now by Samantha Malamud and the Crumbling City series. Um, you know, they, she was probably talking about projects that were permitted, you know, have permits to build that predate this law. Um, but there are still, you know, there's still a concern because it is the Wild West here in Philadelphia in terms of out of control construction happening um, and some of the problems with, you know, um, unscrupulous builders and um, safety conditions on work sites and all of the things that were covered in her series. Um, you know, how how is this law being enforced, I guess, is the question. And how do you, you know, how do you ensure that, uh, you know, 
people even know their rights. I guess that's a two, it's a, it's a two, two sides of the coin, right? One is people have to understand what their rights are, homeowners, mm-hmm. and then there has to be enforcement mechanisms for bad actors and people who are disobeying the law. Well, the first for the first piece in terms of of making sure that folks are following the law, uh, the at at this point, ever since January 2023, when a contractor applies for a permit for demolition or construction in in a situation where either either they're uh, you know like in a demolition, uh, they're modifying the party wall that we talked about earlier. And 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 any situation where that's occurring, they have to provide this notice that we just talked about before they apply for the permit. Like part of part of the permit application is a document. The neighbor will be asked to sign a document confirming that they have received this information that I just went through before the break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's part of the application process. If if okay. they don't provide that, if they don't provide that, they have to wait at least 60 days before they will get their permit. Um, and if, you know, if the process begins moving forward and, you know, the the neighbor reaches out to their city council person and says, I'd never received any notice about this, that that will be another moment for enforcement. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so not, not only do, or do they, does the neighbor required to receive the notice at that time before the permit application, but they're also required to receive the same notice again, at least 10 days before the work begins. And at this time, it should also include any like updated inf- information or changes that have happened to the, to the building plan or demolition plan, uh, okay. in, the, in the, in the, in that time frame. Uh, so, so the, your question about enforcement is, is very important because in, in the past, there's been other issues where there weren't proper checkpoints. Um, you know, there was, we, we had a client that after, after a demolition, it, it's been on the law for years uh, that after a demolition, a wall covering such as stucco needs to be applied to the newly exposed wall of the adjacent building along the party wall. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be done immediately after demolition. But what we were finding is it wasn't happening um, because there wasn't, like you say, this this kind of checkpoint of of enforcement, of accountability. Um, the, you know, the demolition permit would get closed out and then potentially no wall covering would ever be applied and then something would be built next to it. Uh, we had this client that had waited over a year and was getting water infiltration and, mm-hmm. and pest infiltration into their home. Um, thankfully, they were able to get the wall covering applied. And as learning from this situation, L and I actually changed their their procedural protocol, where now they will not close out a demolition permit until that wall covering is applied. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting some some changes. Uh, it, it, you know, to, to policies and procedures uh, yeah. to, to help protect people going forward. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think part of the thing is that we, you know, some, some construction that's happening now is, uh, was maybe originally permitted before this law went into place. Yes. Um, and so they're not necessarily required to follow all of these, the, all of the things required by the new law. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you have new, new permitted construction that's happening that, uh, simultaneously that that hopefully is following the law. But again, it's all about 
it's all about um, oversight and and enforcement. I, you know, one other thing, one other thing, I one of the things I saw in your you have a great um, on your website. You have a great uh, information page about like what homeowners need to know when construction starts next door to them. One of the things that was that was highlighted here that I wanted to ask about was that part of what and you alluded to this earlier. Part of what has to happen is ongoing monitoring of the construction process to make sure that everything is kosher, for lack of a better word, that everything is, um, you know, being overseen and is following uh, the proper protocols and everything. And it says that um, certain types of construction or demolition must be supervised by an on-site special inspector who is hired by the builder. And so to me, that raised a red flag because I'm saying if the builder uh, is hiring the inspector, uh, could they be hiring a spe- an inspector who just does whatever they want them to do or, you know, and is not really necessarily monitoring in the best interest of the adjacent property, the existing adjacent property? Um, and I don't know if you've seen that or if you have concerns about that as well. I mean, when, when we're looking to find solutions to a systemic issue that, that many have called the Wild West, things are not going to be simple or easy, but we are making progress. Uh, I mean, I think some of the accountability that we've talked about already uh, is, is relevant. And, you know, the professionals that you're talking about, you know, if you're talking about an engineer, they have a professional code of conduct, just like a lawyer or an architect does. Um, and so, you know, they can, they can have their licenses removed if they're behaving poorly. Mm. Uh, you know, t- there's, there is some need for, uh, I think, better accountability and, and enforcement there. Um, and I, and I don't exactly know what that process, those improvements look like. And that's, that's why this situation is the type of situation where we need everyone at the table to determine these solutions. You know, we need, the Department of Licenses and Inspections, L&I. We need the building industry at the table. We need elected officials. We need neighborhood ad- advocates. We need all stakeholders involved so that we can figure out, you know, we, we've spoken about a couple of issues that have been addressed. There's mm-hmm. gonna be more we still need to address. So as we find new issues to address, finding solutions, addressing them, um, you know, one of the, th- one of the things that I thought was really interesting about, uh, Samantha's series was she presented potential solutions as well. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's, she presented some comprehensive solutions. Uh, you know, the, the London Party Wall Act is, is more of a comprehensive solution. Um, but there, some of the other solutions are more in line. Uh, or not in line, but more similar to the solutions that we've already achieved, where they address a very specific need. You know, the 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 notice law that we've been speaking about that addresses the specific need of bringing the adjacent neighbor into the process sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've we've seen time and time again that if if that happens, safer safer results are the are the result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, because if, if the more parties that are involved in the situation and the more transparency and accountability there is, the, the greater likelihood that things are going to be done properly for the safety of the neighbors, the community, 
and for Philadelphia as a whole, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, because you know, when when homes are damaged, that's not a positive thing for the Philadelphia community either. Right. And when we have a situation of 50 homes a year, documented 50 homes a year, there's probably more getting damaged. That's that's a that's a very significant number of homes. So look, we're we're about out of time. Um, what? So I know there's people listening saying, I'm dealing with this issue right now. I want to call Drew yep. and get help. <laughs> um, but you 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 don't yet have in place your attorney who's going to oversee this this new row home protection project. Can you just say, um, you know, tell the people who are clamoring to, you know, and poised with their phone uh, to, to call your office <laughs> what they need to know about that? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's true. As I said, we're in the hiring process. Uh, so, I mean, we, we are able to take cases on a limited basis. Um, and we're excited with this new lawyer to be able to take more and more cases. Um, but, I mean, individuals, if they're dealing with a situation, there's some basic things that they can do to help themselves. You know, first... Uh, you know, they need to take photos before the process begins. You know, these are these are the before photos you hope you never you never need. Uh, you know, second, you kind of, you know, learn and and know your rights and resources. Um, you know, the, council member uh, Squilla's notice law that we've discussed gives you access to a lot of the information about the project next door. And, and you've, you've referred to this a couple of times, but on our website, uh, clsphila.org slash row home protection is also a great place to start to access, you know, some of the inf- information we've been talking about today. LNI's frequently asked questions, the online portal for 311, which is the kind of the communication device for uh, LNI if, if you're having issues and other resources. Um, it also, you know, gives you other basic information like, like your rights in, in terms to access to your property, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, a, construction project can't access your property without your permission. Mm-hmm. And that's one of your important uh, points of leverage because it, as we discussed earlier, they often need access to, to, to the adjacent property to do various things. And that is the perfect moment to, to establish what's called a written access agreement. And that's where both parties can kind of agree to effectively set expectations as well as clarify the responsibilities of both parties. Right. Uh, and that's and that's a great way uh, for folks to protect themselves. And, you know, someone like CLS or there's there's other resources out there as well um, that can help folks with this. Uh, okay. and, and, and it's really important that people seek out uh, these resources that do exist. You know, the, the landscape in Philadelphia is not perfect, as we've discussed, um, but the, there are there are resources, there are help. There is help. There's a number of folks that have been through this that are happy to answer questions, myself included. Um, okay. you know, well, so if, I just, it, go ahead. Well, and I just posted, we, we have to go because we're, we're up on our break, but I just yeah. posted on the Facebook page, the Facebook, uh, live page, the information page from the community legal services website. It's called Information for Homeowners When Construction Starts Next Door. And this is really a guide for what you should be doing. Um, it's a it's kind of like a frequently asked questions page um, that gives you and has resource links for you um, to to you know where you can submit complaints, um, what you need to know, um, you know which kinds of projects need permits, 
um, all sorts of things. Um, so I think this is really, really helpful. Um, we'll have to have you back once uh, your attorney is hired for this uh, new project you guys are taking on. We really appreciate the work you're doing um, in supporting you know, people who can't afford regular legal representation to protect their homes. The, you know, a lot of times people's homes is their main asset that they have. Um, even if they don't have a job, they have their home. Um, and so yeah. it's really important that we support people to protect that. So thank you very, very much, Drew, for being on. My and pleasure. I'm glad to have you back. All right. Sounds good. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.